and sometimes wild, but none of them made me laugh like Corey. None of them made me as angry as Corey. None of them made me as happy as Corey. They may have been nice and cute and pretty and all the other positive adjectives, but none of them could ever touch me down to my core like Corey. Question three, how did it happen? Answer, to me, this question is the most interesting of the three, not just because of what it asks, but how it's asked. When people ask question one, their tone is one of natural curiosity. When they ask question two, their tone expresses disbelief, as if they can't accept the fact that anything can ever be that perfect. But question three is usually asked with a heaping dose of delighted and sometimes envious amazement. In today's world of fractured and hard-to-find relationships, people seem genuinely excited by the idea that a couple could last through the awkward and mercurial stage of life known as teenagedom. As if somehow the existence of high school sweethearts means that stability and commitment and true love are indeed possible for all of us, and that society's quest for simpler ideas and times will finally, joyfully be achieved. In this third question, people aren't just asking, how did you do it? They're also asking, how can I do it too? So how did we do it? Like most relationships, ours took time to progress. There was no single, magical, warm, mushy, fuzzy, bunny, Hollywood eyes moment. Slowly over time, we stepped forward together. I knew I loved Corey's laugh and the way she completes my sentences, and the way she looks when she wakes up in the morning, and the way she picks a fight when she disagrees with someone. But is that what makes a good relationship? Of course not. True love is more than a few trite examples. Eventually, I simply realized that no matter how many women I dated, no matter how interesting, no matter how pretty, no matter how new and exciting they were, none of them could offer me what my high school girlfriend offered me. Unlike my college flings, Corey knew me in a way no one else could. She knew my history. This history, however, can't adequately be explained in a mushy narrative. It takes anecdotal narrative to do it justice. So here goes. My wife and I were driven to our first date by my parents. She knew personally all of my high school friends. She knew me when I wore parachute pants. She knew personally all the people I didn't like in high school. She knew me when I liked Journey. I saw The Breakfast Club with her in the theater, smart guy. I was there the day she got her license. We studied for the SAT together. She helped me paint signs for when I ran for student government president. She was in the car when I got my first speeding ticket. The cop called my parents. It was a laugh riot. I knew her when she was into that flash dance look. We celebrated together the day I was accepted to college. She knew my dad when he had hair. She was there when the captain of the football team wanted to beat me up. She was there when my grandfather died. We went to the senior prom together. I was her first. She was mine. Years ago, when I graduated from college, my roommate and I loaded up a U-Haul and drove our belongings to Boston. On the way, we stopped by his parents' house in Dix Hills, New York. I had known him for four years. He was my best friend from college. I knew most of his fears, hopes, and dreams. Without question, I knew who he was. But it wasn't until I walked into his house and saw the room where he grew up that I finally understood where he came from. Not only did I experience the smell and texture and reality of his childhood— I also saw the pieces of his earlier years, the dozens of trophies he'd won on the track team he gave up running when he left for college, the clothes he used to wear, lots of suspenders, even the Knight Rider poster that still hung on his wall. Hey, we all had a freaky stage. For all of us, the minutia of our childhoods are the building blocks of our current identities. For my wife and me, and for most high school sweethearts, the results are the same. Since we met at such a young age, our identities are intertwined. We've spent most of our years together and internalized the word we. 
Indeed, our wedding was perhaps the best allegory for our relationship. When we were married, no one asked bride's side or groom's side. There were no sides. Because we'd been together so long, 12 years for those keeping score, there wasn't a person there who didn't know us as a couple. Does it mean we're more in love? No. Do we understand each other better than most couples? Not necessarily. Do we have better sex? Maybe. Think cheerleading skirt. Do we have a better relationship than every other couple on the planet? Doubtfully. In truth, marrying your high school sweetheart is kind of like spending the day with a longtime friend. You have multitudes of shared experiences. So if you pick the right person, you're going to have more to laugh about. If you pick the wrong person, your day is going to suck. Period. Whenever I meet someone new, I love asking about his or her childhood, where they grew up, where they went to school, what their first job was, what their parents were like. We're not all just the sum of our individual experiences. But if you find out that your girlfriend used to dig the Smurfs, you're probably going to be standing in line at a few too many Disney movies.